sacrifice, true sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Looking up the definition, it's uh, the Bible definition, this, it's surrendering a possession as an offering to God. Surrendering a possession as an offering to God. Sacrifice means giving to the Lord whatever it is that he's requiring of you, whether it be your time, an earthly possession, um, your energy, um, to further his work or to be obedient to, to his call. He requires sacrifice. And today that's what we're talking about. And we're going to see in the word of God what the sacrifice look like. What kind of sacrifice does God want from you and I? Sacrifice means surrendering those things to him, giving them to him for his pleasure. Like you're giving up the things that are displeasing to him. I don't know if you've ever been in a place, uh, maybe, maybe we've done a fast. And ideally a fast isn't giving up something that um, you don't like anyways. You know what I mean? Like for me, the Lord had me fast meats and sweets because those are things I like. But I said, if you're a vegetarian... To fast meats isn't really the thing to fast. <laughs> Maybe fast vegetables, I don't know. But anyways, um, God desires sacrifice, and usually sacrifice is something that is hard to give up. It's hard to give up. It's hard to surrender. You're holding on to it so dearly. And God wants that. We sacrifice by giving up and surrendering to him the lusts of our flesh. We, we surrender to him. Our, our plans, our desires, our agendas. And he takes that because when we lay down our life, when we lay down the things that we desire to have, the things that we desire um, in this life, in, in surrender to him, when we lay those things down, he receives it as an offering or a sacrifice. And it's pleasing to him. Um, the word of God says, let us bring a sacrifice of praise. How many times have you come to church and you didn't feel like coming to church? Or how many times have you been going through a rough time and you come to church and now you're supposed to put praise on, like, like rejoice in the Lord always? But that's why it's a sacrifice of praise. You're praising him regardless of whether you feel like it or not because he still deserves it. Amen. And so then it's a sacrifice, and that's the kind of sacrifice. If you'll praise in the midst of your storm, that's the kind of sacrifice that is pleasing aroma to the Father. I want to be a pleasing aroma. Amen. Hallelujah. We sacrifice by giving up lusts of our flesh and laying our life down for the Lord. You know, it's, it's, it's just a whole nother... Uh, It's, it's a whole other element to Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When you seek God first, you are sacrificing because you're putting him, his desires, his needs, his wants before you. And sometimes we don't realize that, you know, um, we tend to be self-centered and, and think about how do we feel, what do we want, what do we want to accomplish in life. But it's supposed to be him first, his desires, his needs, his wants. But then the result is so beneficial. He adds all these things unto you. You're not going to miss out on anything when you surrender and sacrifice to the Lord. You're only going to benefit 
you're only going to benefit. Hallelujah. Um, our willingness to live a life that's surrendered or sacrificial to the Lord indicates our um, love and our devotion to God. When you're willing to give of yourself to the Lord, give of your time and spend time with him. We talked about this Wednesday. Spend time with him in his presence long enough to where you can hear him speak. If you're so on the go, 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 you're more than likely going to not hear him speak very often because he tells us to be still and know I am God. He tells us to be still and listen. He says, he who is my sheep hears my voice and listens. So there's a difference. I'm not going to teach that message today. But if you want to learn to hear the voice of God, listen to Wednesday's message. Because sometimes we're just so on the go. But it's a sacrifice. It is. To not pick up and go the minute you wake up to accomplish all the to-do lists. That's a life of sacrifice. When you're going to give it up and give him first place in your life, sometimes that means sacrificing sleep. If you wake up um, already at 6 a.m. and he's asking you to spend time with him to where you can hear him, you're going to find out you need an hour or two sometimes. Sometimes you come in like today and you come into his presence and immediately you just sense his presence. But sometimes you really need to enter into his presence with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, study, meditate on the word. It's just different every time. But we need to live a life of sacrifice if we're going to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and receive and, 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 and do what God's calling us to do. And so, how many of you know God's a good God? Right? And so he's, he tells us, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, you'd be in health, and your soul would prosper. He wants you blessed and prosperous. But it's going to, to tap into that blessing and to tap into that prosperity, you must do this one thing. Seek him first. Stop focusing on you. Focus on him. And he starts adding things unto you. And he'll start supernaturally um, maybe helping you remove some things that are a hindrance to him too. Let me tell you this story. And this is a good example of what God sees as sacrifice. In um, the story of Hannah giving up her, her son Samuel. In 1 Samuel 1, 10 through 20, I'm going to quickly read through this. In her deep anguish, Hannah had prayed to the Lord um, she was in a situation, her husband had two wives, and um, her and this other wife, and the other wife had children, and she really taunted Hannah, because Hannah did not have children, or could not at this point have children. So Hannah, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed as they were at the, at the altar. She prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying to the Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him back to you, Lord, for all the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. Let me just stop there. What is she saying? She's saying, Lord, if you will bless me, I will give him back as an offering, a sacrifice to you to live for you all the days of his life. You shouldn't give God a promise that you're not going to keep, right? But she keeps it. And it's absolutely amazing illustration 
of giving up what's best in your life, what's first in your life, and surrendering it to the Lord. As she kept on praying um, the Lord, um, praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and he said to her, "How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine." No, my lord," she replied. "I am not a woman who's deeply. I am just a woman who's deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Sometimes I guess that can look like that." Don't take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here um, out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the Lord God of Israel grant what you have asked him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way. She, she received that, even though he's like, you can have what you've asked. And he didn't even say, like, the Lord God said. She just received the word that was coming out of the minister's mouth, the prophet's mouth, as a word of the Lord, and she walked away in faith, believing that God would give her what she asked, okay? And so he says, go in peace. May the Lord God grant you what you have asked him. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. She went her way, and then she ate something because before this, she was not eating. Her husband was worried about her. She wasn't eating. She ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. In other words, she was in faith. Early the next morning, they rose and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah <laughs> made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked the Lord for him. When her husband, Elkanah, went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifices of the following year um, to the Lord, and fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She told her husband, after the boy is weaned, so at this point she's had Samuel. God fulfilled his word. She has Samuel, but remember, she told the Lord, I will sacrifice him to you. Not like kill him, I will give him to you. I will surrender him to you because you've blessed him with me, or blessed me with him. Okay, after the boy is weaned, I will take him, present him to the Lord, and he will always live there. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until I have weaned him, and only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, um, with her young as he was, along with three old bulls <clears throat> and flour and skin, the skin of wine, um, to be brought to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy Eli, brought, brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, "Pardon me, my lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked of him. So now, Lord, I give him to you for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord, and he will worship the Lord here." Talk about a sacrifice, <laughs> giving up. But what the Lord is, is, is showing us here is he honors sacrificial giving. He honors when we live a life that's a life of sacrifice. That means you're constantly putting him before you. You're constantly putting his will before your will, his desires to please him before your desires to please your flesh. 
That's a life of sacrifice. And that's the kind of life that is acceptable unto God. And that's the kind of life he calls holy. And that is the kind of life that is, is illustrated here in, in, in Hannah's life when she surrenders this very thing. The thing is, is you think it's yours, but God's the one who gave it to you anyways. Regarding your finances, regarding your family, regarding your health, regarding anything in your life, you have been blessed by God. It's not, it's not yours to keep, really. So Hannah recognizes that this blessing is from the Lord anyways, and I'm surrendering, I'm sacrificing my son back to the Lord. He's my first He's my best, and I'm just going to seek the Lord first by giving him back, okay? 1 Samuel 2.21, God was most especially kind to Hannah after she sacrificed her son and gave him to live for the Lord in the house of the Lord, be raised by Eli, not even raised by her. God blessed her with three more sons and a daughter, and two daughters. And the boy Samuel stayed in the sanctuary of God and grew up with God. How amazing is that? I mean, that's a, like a full-on, don't be giving me all your children, but that's like a full, <laughs> that's like a full-on, I'm not raising everybody's kids. <laughs> that's like a full-on, like, um, you know, physical act of, of what God requires. But, but what I'm talking about today is, is surrendering your plans Surrendering your agenda, surrendering your time to give it to him, surrendering your, the lusts of your flesh so that you're doing his will before your own. This is a life of sacrifice. This is what he says is true sacrifice. It's not just coming to church on Sunday morning, and it's not even just opening your Bible each day or saying a little prayer every day. It's putting down the things that are displeasing to him so that he can have his way in your life, and not only that, so that he can bless you above and beyond all you could ask or think. And, and sacrifice, don't tell me that didn't hurt. Giving her son. Don't tell me that doesn't hurt. Sometimes when God tells you to surrender or give something up or stop worrying about something. It's hard to stop worrying about something. But he says don't worry about anything. But instead pray about everything. And tell God what it is you need. He can do more with it than you can do worrying about it. Right? He can do more with it. I'm debating to read this whole thing, but I'm just going to summarize it. Genesis 22, 1 through 18, and I'm going to read the beginning here. Abraham has had an incredible encounter from the Lord. He also could not have children with his wife. He has an encounter from the Lord, and the Lord tells him, you're going to be the father of many nations. It takes 25 years for the fulfillment of this prophecy. Insane to hold on to something that God told you 25 years ago. But sometimes that's the way God does it. Gives you a big heads up. He wants you to stand faithful and keep believing him. So what has God told you? God is faithful to watch over his word and perform it. But sometimes it takes longer than we're thinking, right? And so... In this situation, God finally fulfills that word to Abraham, gives him a son, Isaac. And so that's where we're at right here. 
And, you know, Abraham's happy. God's fulfilled his word. He's really blessed by Isaac. I mean, it's his one and only son, and he's just so blessed by him, right? He's helping him in the field. He's like, I don't know, 12 years old, 13 years old, and he's just, he's a real help to him and this and that. And he just loves his son so much. And he's the fulfillment of a prophecy, right? So, verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your one and only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. I'm not going to stop. I will say my words in a minute. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, took his donkey, took the two of his servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, stay here, because I don't want any onlookers of what I'm about to do, (laughs) stay here with the donkey while I go over here and worship with my son, and then we will come back to you. Abraham takes the wood, the burnt offering, places his son Isaac on the wood. I am going to stop right here. God asks him to do something. And as I read over this and meditated on it and read over it again, notice it doesn't say in there, and Abraham was deeply grieved when the Lord asked him. Notice it didn't say in there, but Lord, let this cup pass from me. I mean, Jesus even did that, but, you know, which means it's hard. Jesus sweat blood before he sacrificed his life for you. It was hard. It wasn't just easy because he's the son of God. He laid down his deity and gave his life like it's you or I coming to just give our lives so that all of you can go to heaven one day. It was a difficult decision. Don't tell me this wasn't a difficult decision, but what amazed me as I read this story, it doesn't say one thing about Abraham questioning God. Because he lived a life that was sacrificial to the Lord, that he didn't even question when God would ask him to do something, he immediately would respond in obedience. That's why he was called the father of faith. He lived a sacrificial life, and he knew because of past sacrifices that he had made to the Lord that he always ends up on top if he gives his life to the Lord. God's never going to ask you to do anything, surrender anything that's going to put you at a lower place. He is always moving you from glory to glory. He is always moving you forward and not backward. So when he asks you to surrender something or give up the lust of your flesh or lay down something in your life, it's to further you in your walk with him and the call of God he has on you. You're never going to end up worse off when you give to the Lord. And so Abraham knew this. This is why he so willingly, instantly responds to the Lord. Abraham just goes, okay, Lord. (laughs) I'm sure it was hard. And obedience and sacrifice is hard. 
But you're, oh, you got to realize the benefits outweigh the sacrifice. It outweighs the sacrifice. The blessing and, and, the, and the God working in your life will outweigh that sacrifice he's asking of you. Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, placed, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And two, oh, this, okay, two of them went up together. Isaac spoke up to his father. Abraham did not inform him what he was doing. Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? <laughs> Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went up together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar, arranged the wood on it, and he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He reached out his hand to take the knife to slay his son. But an angel of the Lord at that moment called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, Lord. Don't lay a hand on your son. Listen. I'm going to fast forward here to verse 15, 16. The Lord spoke to him. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your only son from me, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. The descendants will take possession of cities in their, um, of their enemies, and there your offspring and um, offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. So you see, blessing is a result of sacrifice. You know, we can't look at our brother or sister in the Lord and see God blessing them and be jealous for that if you're not giving the same sacrificial life as they are. What you need to do, God, God looks at us as individuals, and what you need to do is surrender your heart and sacrifice from your heart offerings unto the Lord. And I'm not talking just about financial offerings. I'm talking about obedience. Like the willingness to obey is what blesses God with Hannah, with Abraham, and now with Jesus. Sacrifice is really a surrendered life. Living a life that's pleasing to the Lord takes sacrifice. It's not always easy to, to not do what the world is doing. But in order to be blessed, in order to be used by God, in order to, to live the life that God wants for you, you do it as a sacrifice. To be a sweet aroma and a blessing to be the kind of child that God's like that's my kid that's my kid he's proud of he, he was proud of Abraham he was proud of his response immediately in obedience to the Lord sometimes I've done that and sometimes I've fussed most of the time I'm obedient sometimes I haven't been obedient I'm sure I'm not the only one. Thank God for his mercy. It's new every morning. But I don't want to live in a constant struggle, like struggling and, and dragging my heels in the sand. God's just pulling me, trying to get me to do his will. 
I want to go along with it like Abraham and be blessed above and beyond all I could ask or think in this life and in the next life. God wants you blessed in this life too, but it's going to take sacrifice and it's going to take obedience. A lot of people, even Christians, are filled with, with turmoil and, and with bombardments of the enemy. And it's, it's simply because they're getting out from, from under the shadow of his wings. They're getting out from the protection because they're out of obedience with God. If you're under the shelter of the Almighty, that means you're in obedience to God. You're protected. You're blessed. Abraham received the blessing of the Lord because of his obedience to live a sacrificial life and literally be willing to sacrifice the thing that meant the most. To some of us, sadly, the thing that means the most is the loss of our flesh and, and what our flesh is craving. We hold on to it so dearly as if, you know, it's going to kill us to, to have it removed. Some of us, it's our family. We hold them so tight, we're suffocating. <laughs> Give them to God. Give it to God. And you will live a blessed life more than you could have ever imagined. And he will work things out for you better than you could have ever worked out for yourself. And there's not a one of us who is without some kind of struggle. All of us have some kind of struggle, but the best place you can be is in the shell, the shelter, and the shadow of the Almighty. And what is that? That's living a life of obedience and sacrifice, a kind of life that he can protect, that he can bless. When we allow sin in, it builds up walls of hindrance, kind of like a wall of Jericho. And, and God just, he's not able to just shower you with blessing like he wants to. Sacrifice is surrender, and it's not always easy to give up our firstborn. It's not always easy to give up the first portion of our increase, of our finances. Sometimes that hurts. But the blessing and the protection because of the obedience outweighs the sacrifice. God always works all things together for the good to those who love God. But listen, those who love God are obedient to his commands. Man, it's a quiet house in this place. Hopefully it's sinking in. Sometimes we think we're better off just holding on to that control, you know, or holding on to the, the 100 percent and not giving God that 10 percent. It's not true. The devil's a liar. If you will surrender and show God he's first in your finances by giving him the 10 percent, that's like giving Isaac. That's a surrender. That's a sacrifice to the Lord. He understands it's a sacrifice, and he understands it hurts. But it's like a test, like Abraham, to obedience to him, to show him that you love him. That's what it is. 
It's not like God needs your 10%. I mean, he has, he owns everything, right? He's got it all. What he's wanting is your heart. What he wanted from Abraham was his love. He is jealous for your love. And so he asks you of this because the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you put money or, or possession before God, the enemy can creep in. But when we put God first, why do you think the enemy tries so hard? to keep us out of church, or so hard to, to, to keep us from, from sowing and, and reaping. Because he knows if you will put God first, you'll start seeing this thing works. That he adds all these things unto you. That he causes things to work out together for your good. That he protects you under the shadow of his wings. Don't hold on to disobedience. Live a life of sacrifice. And you will be blessed for it. Amen? Think about it. The Heavenly Father gives his greatest sacrifice, his one and only son. Do you think any father would like to see their child mutilated? But he was. And thrown into hell? And then Jesus himself had to decide on his own will that he was going to lay down his life. So both of them are giving the best sacrifice for the love that they have for us. And that's the kind of life he wants for, from us to show our love to him. Hebrews 10, 12, but he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever and sat down at the right hand of the Father. 1 John 2, 22, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 4, 14, Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave as a sacrifice his one and only Son. That's the best kind of gift you could ever give. And, and we're here, and we're celebrating Christmas time, and we're celebrating God's greatest gift, Jesus. You know what you can give God for Christmas? is a life that's sacrificial out of your love for him. And it's not one day a year. It's all year. He wants your heart. But it's not a bad thing. You will be better off than you've ever been your entire life if you will surrender to him. Look at Abraham. Look at Hannah. Were they worse off because of their willingness to surrender their firstborn? Keep God first. As much as you love those children, as much as you love your spouse, as much as you love the, the, the job and, and the provision he's blessed you with, keep him first by being willing to always give them back to him. By doing that, you welcome him to work things out for your good in all those avenues.
In 1 John 4, 9 through 11, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Look at that. Sacrificial love to God is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take, our way, to take away our sins. So are we willing to lay down our life as a sacrifice for him to bless us and for him to live in and through us. In him, we live and move and have our being. Our lives are supposed to be his. It was an exchange when we received Jesus Christ. Our life for his life. Are you willing to lay down things, lay down worries, lay down cares, lay down addictions, lay down um, um, worries and, and lusts of the flesh, lay down obedience and, and be willing to obey him? Are you willing to lay it down out of love for God so that he can bless you with the life that he intended for you? All we're doing is holding ourselves back. All we're doing is holding ourselves back. God wants so much more for us. In Matthew 10, 39, he said, whoever finds his life will lose it. In other words, whoever keeps his life for his own, whoever keeps his finances, whoever keeps his family, whoever keeps his own agenda will lose his life. It's all you're going to have. But whoever loses his life for my sake or whoever will surrender or lay down his life for my sake will find real life, the life he intended for you. The Holy Spirit likes that scripture. You can have it. He made you a free moral agent. This is what he's saying. You can have it whichever way you want it. He's not forcing love because that's not real love, is it? Real love is willingly sacrificing and giving up for the one you love. So he said you can have it either way. But if you keep your life, you're going to lose out. But if you will lay your life down and surrender your agenda, your worries, your concerns, your control... Surrender every area, your finances. Give me first. Give me your best. Give me your obedience. You're going to find the real life I intended for you. God will come and infiltrate your marriages, your families, your finances, your peace of mind. He will come in and turn things around for your good. He says in his word, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. But if you're not a good fisherman, and I'm not, you reel it back in really quick to make sure it's still there. You know, your bait. Stop reeling. Stop, like, giving it to the Lord and then taking it back. And I'm not just talking about cares. I'm talking about obedience, too. Surrender it to God, cast it in the sea along with the fishing pole, and don't turn back from that. Because God wants to work in that life.
in your life. God wants to work things out for you. Our lives are not our own. They've been bought with a price, he said, and your real life is in Christ Jesus. And he doesn't just want you blessed spiritually. Remember, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper spirit, soul, body, mind. He wants you blessed in your mind. He wants you blessed in your body. He wants you blessed in your finances. He wants you blessed in every arena. Right? So we'd be better off surrendering it all and not trying to keep it. Romans 12.1, he says, therefore, with that being said, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your body, offer your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true and proper worship. Surrender your future to God, young people, or old people. Surrender your plans or your agenda to the Lord. See what is on his heart for you and do that. He will work things out for you more than you could have ever worked out for yourself. It might mean sacrifice. It might hurt a little bit. It might not have been your idea, but he knows what's going to work out best for you. Don't you think he knows better than we do? but yet we cling on so hard. So offer your bodies as a holy living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true way of worship, or you could say this is your true way to show him you love him. Focus on things above. Focus on him. Spend time with him, even if you have a busy schedule, because he can work things out for you more than you could have ever worked out for yourself. He can speak some things to you that will eliminate some things from your schedule, <laughs> you know? I mean, he can just clear things. I mean, he's done that for me before. Man, I had a big, busy agenda, but I wanted to spend time with him, so I spent time with him, and all of a sudden, people start canceling on me, and I have more time with him. And I'm so excited, and I have more time to, you know, do what he wants me to do. God has a way of working things out for your good. Amen. True sacrifice does cost, though. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. But remember, the blessing outweighs the sacrifice. He will work things out for your good. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who you've already, you received your vessel, you received your life from God. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor your God with your bodies. Live a life of sacrifice because you love him. He said in John 15, 13, there's no greater love or there's no other way to show greater love than to lay one's life down for his friends. This is the love that God showed through Jesus. This is the love that Abraham was showing. This is the love that Hannah was showing. Laying down the life 
This is their very blood. This was their very life. This, is, this was a promise from God that God had given them. And then they're giving it back to God. And maybe for you, that's, that's a spouse or, or, or a child. Or maybe for you, you believe God so hard for, for um, finances and finally you have it. And all of a sudden, he's asking you to surrender that to me. Sacrifice. Lay that down before me. And you're going to end up even though that hurts and even though that costs, you're going to end up more blessed than you could have ever imagined. He can work things out where you could have never worked it out. I feel the Father's heart towards certain individuals, but I don't want to pinpoint you. But I know some things that God's dealing with in your lives. And his heart aches because you're his child. And no father wants to see his children going through things. But what he asks of you is surrender that thing to me. Lay it on the altar as a sacrifice and stop worrying about it and just seek me. Go after me with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might, and I will work things out for you. will work things out for you. God loves you all so much. And he didn't hold back in the sacrifice he made for you and I. Why is it we hold back? He deserves so much more. And the only gift that really could match his gift is for us to live a life of true sacrifice. Saying yes immediately in obedience to what he's asking. Like Abraham. Like Hannah. So what is it? I'm sure you know. What is it you need to sacrifice? What is it you need to surrender? Is it worry? Is it fear? Is it sin? Lust of the flesh? What is it you need to lay on the altar to, as a sacrifice to the Lord in order to please God? What is it he's been asking of you? Have you been holding on to it so tightly that he doesn't even have room to work? Or have you been giving it to God and reeling it back in? Throw it in. Once and for all, give it to God. And let him start working it out for you. And by working it out for you, I mean you start spending time with God and he will start revealing to you things you need to do, things you need to pray, how you need to seek him to work it out for you. Amen? Surrender control to him. Give your best gift to him. You're only going to be better off. Hallelujah. In Genesis 4.4, Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, (laughs) from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor upon Abel and his offering. He gave what was supposed to be given. He gave what was asked. 
getting the best of your flock would mean technically that the rest of your flock wouldn't be the best as it went forward. But God blessed Abel. Then you see his brother Cain. Well, we'll go to Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he, it still speaks his, of his faith. God commends faith. God commends and, and, and is blessed by sacrificial giving in your life, in your offering. As you surrender control and in obedience to God, he receives that as a sacrifice of praise. And he commends it and he blesses it and he calls that faith. Calls it faith. You're showing him you love him. You're showing him you believe him. If you love someone, typically you should trust them. Believe them. And by believing God and showing him your obedience, you're giving yourself, your life as an offering. And remember, a sacrifice or when you're fasting, so sacrifice is typically something that means something to you. Something that's hard to give up. And I'm not telling you to make up something that's precious to you and lay it on the altar. But what I'm telling you is if God's been dealing with you because you have concerns about something and you've been holding it so dear and you've been so worried about it and this and that, God says, give it to me. See what I can do. Surrender that to me. And for some of us, it is sin. For some of us, he is asking, surrender and lay down the lust of the flesh for me so that I can live through you and work through you the way I want to. What could God do with a surrendered vessel? We see that through Jesus and many other people in the word. What could he do? How much more could he do through you if you were fully his. I know he's already used you to minister to loved ones and, and, and probably, you know, be a, a worship leader or, or be in worship or be an evangelist or do the different things, show the love of God. I know he's already used you, but how much more could he if you were fully his? Let's bow and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I just want to put on a little instrumental music. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you.